Hi, I'm Howard Drossen, and you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sega Lounge. I hope you had a great week and are ready to learn more about Howard Rawson and his work at Sega. Before we get to that, I just have to mention the news we heard this week. Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX was announced by Merge Games during IGN's Summer of Gaming Online event. This is an official remake of the original game with updated graphics, new modes, new levels, alternative boss fights and even a retro mode. It's important to mention that some of the people involved in this were also part of the Streets of Rage 4 team. This is of course great news for old-school Sega fans like myself, but not just for people that like Alex Kidd. It means Sega is moving forward on this path of letting third-party developers work on their dormant IPs. After Wonder Boy, Panzer Dragoon and Streets of Rage, we have Alex Kidd making a comeback and I, for one, couldn't be happier. Let's hope this is another successful title and we can see more classic franchises coming back. Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX is slated for a 2021 release. And now, for the interview. In case you missed last week's episode, featuring the first part of my interview with Howard Drossen, legendary Sega composer, I urge you to stop listening to this Go listen to that episode and come back for this second part. While last week we covered Comic Zone, Sonic Spinball and how Howard got involved with Sega in the 90s, this final part of the interview focuses on Virtual Sonic, Howard's current projects and even his advice to aspiring video game composers. Oh and there's the Sega Lounge Challenge somewhere in the middle as well. Enjoy! Virtual Sonic, yes. which is another thing that is kind of different from everything else. So you, you worked on music for games, uh, or you were working on music for games at the time, and then you have Virtual Sonic, which was something for a, a sort of an amusement park, right? Sega right. Virtual Land. Um, right. How different was this from all the other projects that you were working on at STI? Um, and what what were the the challenges, and how did you approach this, seeing as, as it was such a different project? Well, it was vastly different in that uh, uh, it was full bandwidth. You know, I, I didn't I didn't do any of it on the Genesis. I was just told that I could make an album, um, and I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was told that it was for some. Uh, and I'd been there. Uh, it was at the Luxor Hotel. The Luxor Hotel in the center of it, like in the middle of the casino, there was like, I don't know. It looked like a volcano to me, but maybe it was like a pyramid or a mountain. And inside of that was this kind of Sega uh, arcade or something. Sega had a, a footprint there. So 
they wanted to i was told they wanted to release like an album that maybe would play in there and it would just be like music from the worlds of sonic or something like that and I was told, well, you know, are there specific things you want me to do? I wasn't given any direction whatsoever, basically, except, you know, music <laughs> from the worlds of Sonic, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> so it was, I would say, totally self-indulgent. Indulgent. I, I was just doing whatever, you know. Um, it The album, certainly looking back on it, didn't have a focus to it. It was like a million different styles. Um you know, uh, <laughs> like from one track to the next, <laughs> you know, I, I took a couple of the themes that I did and, and, you know, reimagined them into longer tracks that develop. I think one, one of them was from, well, actually, no, not one of them. Both of them were from Spinball. And then one of them was a Sonic and Knuckles theme mm -hmm. and, uh, kind of turned them into, you know, full bandwidth of the day you know, what we had with orchestra and my guitar and that was it. And, um, the rest was just about just shit that I made up, you know, it was like, Oh, this is, I'll put this on. <laughs> and this was all you, right? Yes. That's just all me. Um, and mixed by me, unfortunately, but that's, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I, I've gotten better at mixing and the sounds have gotten better, but I wasn't that good of a mixer back then. So I would just kind of, You know, and I didn't take a lot of time mixing. Uh, I, I just didn't. And I'm, listen, I'm that way to this day. You know, when you compose and you play the instruments, you do all the stuff, you don't want to hear the track anymore. You're, I'm tired of it. And it's like to try and break it down and mix it. Damn. I don't want to <laughs> deal with that. So I just be like, oh, bop, 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 bop. sounds good. But let the mastering <laughs> guy deal with it, which doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. So, you know, my film stuff, I don't mix. Yeah, I, I don't mix that now. It's all tracked and sent to a mixer because I probably would never work again. But, um, you know, uh, in those days, I just, I, there wasn't really time or I didn't, I didn't have the system with which to like track all this stuff and, you know, have some guy mix it. Um, so I just mixed it myself and, you know, I'm, it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound so great, but I think the intent, is is there mm -hmm. and you you uh wrote the ly lyrics to some of these tracks as well right yes uh, and was well, there's it only one like track a, a, I, i sang on right is it metal sonic only? yes yeah i yes. think so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, what about that one so what were these uh I driving in, how, writing lyrics yeah. thing i or? think i was on like <laughs> looking back at that record You know, I was kind of young and inexperienced and was more of like, gee, I'm going to impress everybody and show everybody that I can write in every possible style known to mankind. And uh, <laughs> I could, I can't think of an album with any less focus than that album. <laughs> and so for me, I thought, well, there's not a metal song on here or hard. Why don't we do something? And I don't know, someone may have brought Metal Sonic up to me as maybe an idea. Hey, maybe do something for Metal Sonic. And I thought, oh, wow, I could do something metal, which I don't. That's a music genre I don't have represented here yet. Um, so, that yeah, that's what I did. So I just kind of had a riff and did a thing with it and did my best Kurt Cobain impression or whatever I was doing. <laughs> and 
uh, wrote some, I'm sure probably not very good lyrics, or maybe they were, they were better than, you know, maybe I did put a little thought into those lyrics because I had to sing them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I can't remember what the lyrics were, but, um, but I, I, you know what? I'd have to see them to know if they were terrible or not. Um, I'm sure that that can be arranged with the internet. Yeah. (laughs) But it was my kind of imagination of what Metal Sonic uh, should be. Because a lot of the Sonic, I I was a fan of the original Sonic music and a lot of that stuff. But the aesthetic that the Japanese had for their music was really different than who I am musically. And I also think it's one, but I also think it's one of the, the things that they appreciated about me. Um, so it was different. And, and I wanted to bring a little bit of that into tracks like Metal Sonic and even the track, the, the, the tune for Sonic and Knuckles and Spinball. I wanted to, it has a little bit of an R and B thing. Cause I thought that was probably the most I could get away with, <laughs> uh, with them because the, the other Sonic stuff was so perky, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, that just naturally wasn't my vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, you know, but I also think in a way that it it, it was why uh, I think in particular Yasuharu-san wanted to work with me because I think he he wanted to add a little bit of a different flavor into the Sonic world as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm digressing into other things but metal sonic was my attempt to paint metal sonic as like a hard rocking kind of guy because he's called metal sonic i was it was very basic (laughs) (laughs) but going back to what you just said about sonic music uh it actually if we look back into uh all these years all these decades of sonic um there's not just a single style of music not a, a single genre of music that could could represent Sonic right now because it's it's been so right. many different things. It's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So and in all of them good actually, or most of them good. So all of them good. Um but in my opinion, none as good as the original. And I'll tell you why, because uh it really encapsulated that character for me having worked with that character and known about him for so many years, I know this sounds stupid and pretentious, but that to me, even to this day, and listen, I've worked, I've sat in on one of the more modern Sonic games in the early two thousands. I did a couple of tracks for, and, and I heard a lot of the stuff and, you know, I've heard others like attempts at hard rock with Sonic and stuff like that. But for me, it's all just, you know, uh, it's good, but it's not really the essence of of Sonic. I still think the best stuff is the original stuff. I truly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, that's, it's timeless. That, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And 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 for many reasons, the you know the stuff that came later on and came after, uh, for lack of a better word, I might get in trouble, but I'm just going to speak bluntly. Is really. A dime a dozen. It could have been written by a lot of guys and a lot of the original Sonic stuff, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, uh, and a lot of Sonic 3, some of the Sonic and Knuckles stuff, whatever. That that was unique. That was something brand new. Uh, 
uh, for its time and still to this day is that there's nothing quite like it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what defines that that character was defined with that music, at least musically. And everything else is just an afterthought to me. It's good, works, provides pacing. Uh, but when you get into all of that other stuff, including stuff that I've done later on and, and things like that, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of people, including myself on occasion, trying to make Sonic musically into something he's really not. Oh, let's make him really cool or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was a coolness about him with his original music vibe, you know, especially when you look back. It worked. It was great. Millions of people loved it. Why mess with it? Mm-hmm. Is is my you know my more mature self looking back at that? Yeah. Um, Have you heard um, about Sonic Mania? Uh, uh, I've heard that term. Is that a so, game or like a yeah, term? Yeah, it's, it's a game. A game. <laughs> or I, a I movement. Think it's both because of the right. the fandom. I think that's what sparked yeah. the idea behind the name. But um, Sonic Mania is a game that was created by uh, a team of people that were originally just just fans, right? And they were hired by Sega to to create a new two D Sonic, so like oh. uh, in the style of the original uh, Genesis yes. ones. Yes, uh, and I'll and I'll say and I'll say this just really quickly. That's another thing that just doesn't work for me. 3D Sonic doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. Sonic was created <laughs> brilliantly by Nakasan. And that game relies on a 2D scrolling platform. You can turn it into 3D all day you want. But for me, that's a different game. And mm-hmm. it it's not that same groundbreaking thing. And to me, it just doesn't even look as fun. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, to, you know, but... Listen, I know the world moves on, but uh, but that I guess I'm sorry, I just totally interrupt you. But you're talking about a 2D yeah, platform song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Side... So, so they actually yeah. they actually uh, took some of the the original levels from Sonic One, Two, Three, Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reimagined them, remixed yeah. them in a, in a, in some ways, uh, created a couple of new levels as well, and they did a, um, some new tracks as well, some some oh. new songs for them. In the style oh, like of the original, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, so it's actually I think a good example of using the the feel of the original music right. and the original games and updating them to modern times, right? So, and and right. not losing that that, that the, the feel of the originals, I, I think. So, it's a pretty right. It was pretty good and pretty successful as well, and sparked. Uh, some remakes and, and Sega being more open to working and collaborating with other uh, studios that were eager to use their IPs that were dormant for, for many years. And that's why we're, we're getting a few comebacks in recent years with a lot of good results for Sega as well. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for Sega, Sonic was... Very much like for Disney, Mickey Mouse. That's like the Holy oh, Grail. Sure. You don't mess with that character, uh, it, you know. But um, but that that's fantastic. I you know I'd be interested in seeing some of that. Yeah, it'll bring I, back I can send you. I sure. can send you some some links if you want to. After okay. The, yeah. So sure. you can check them out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I usually do something with my guests here on the Sega Lounge, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little game I like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay. 
Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> Since you're a musical guy, I thought to myself, let's let's have a, a quick musical game, something I like to call the roulette of Howard Drossen music. <laughs> Would you like to the play roulette. this roulette? <laughs> sure. This is uh, what I what I have here are um, ten sound clips, short sound clips, mm. ten second long sound clips. Um, oh boy. Of, of my music or somebody else's? Your else? music. Your music. Oh, the thing okay. is, it, these are all things you've done for Sega. So okay. It's, it's uh, relatively easy. Uh, and then. Can I have to guess the title? Just have to tell me what game they're from. Oh. Okay? Okay. Don't have to go specific. Can you identify, after all these years, what the games are? Okay. Right? So they're all numbered 1 to 10. And since this is a roulette, would you like to pick a number at random? Um, does it matter? Uh, it can doesn't. Can we just go? We can go you know, one to ten if you want to. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, so let's play number one. Spinball. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Ooh. Effective. <laughs> Effective. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so... Spinball? Is that your final answer? That's Are you sure? Final answer. Yeah? Okay, that's correct. Well done. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Ready for number two? I'm ready. Let's see. Let's take a listen. Oh, that's tough. I know the track. Uh... Die Hard Arcade? Could be. Dynamite Decca? Alien Front. Alien Front. So what's your final answer? I know it's one of those games. Uh, I'm going to say Alien Front Online. Alien Front Online. So final answer, Alien Front Online. Howard. Your guess is correct. Well oh, done. Wow. It wow. is. It's the title spending. theme as well. Very good. That was good the title job. theme? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember that, but uh, mm. wow. That was tough because I did. Uh, that was with Uchida-san's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go with number three then, shall we? Sure. I think this is very easy as well. Let's take a listen. Spinball. Sonic Spinball. (laughs) (laughs) Was this the first track that you ever created for Sega at STI? I did that on my first day at Sega. Yeah? Okay. And and I completed the whole track on my first day. Came in and... and, uh, um, yeah, that was my first day at Sega, mm-hmm. and I think I finished it by mid-afternoon. Awesome. And it's still iconic to this day. It is? Yeah, it is. 
Wow. Yeah. I yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's the things that you least expect, you know. <laughs> I never would have thought that at the time because mm-hmm. I was just trying to make people happy. I was like, oh boy, I hope they like what I hope I know what I'm doing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had never worked with the Genesis before. Mm-hmm. I lied and said I did, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a fact. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's how you get in. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it's correct, of course. This is Toxic Caves from yes. Sonic Spinball. Yes. Okay. Let's go. Let's steer this into a different direction with number four. Okay. okay. Number four. Oh. Hmm. The Black Sonic and the Black Knight? Why? So- What's that? Why? <laughs> Why? So, this was the one that I did that had a bunch of composers on it. I remember June. Yeah, this is the one that I talked about. It was in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a few tracks uh, and a couple of cutscenes, maybe. I think it was Sonic and the Black Knight. Final answer. And that is correct. That is, uh, this was Crystal Cave from Sonic and the Black Knight. Crystal well done. Cave. Okay. Very good. Oh, man. Especially, you know, pieces of music are kind of, to composers, they're like, they're like little children. They're like your, that's dumb. They're like your children <laughs> as you work on them. You care for them. You kind of rear them and form them and everything. And then uh, um, I think it's definitely a lot easier for me to remember game tracks uh i like i couldn't do this with film cues like okay. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. some of them are but uh it, yeah it's it's uh and i can also tell sometimes by the sound of it anyway cut that all yeah. out that's dumb yeah. <laughs> next let's keep going with uh, <laughs> no but i i get what I'm, you're saying you know now. what in the age of social distancing i'm mentally distancing again that's what happens <laughs> Let's go with number five, then. Number five. Oh, that's Comic Zone. I can tell right away. (laughs) I don't know what track it is, but I know it's Comic Zone. Final answer. It is Comic Zone. Temple at the Gates, episode 2-2. Temple at the Gates? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, That's the track. Okay. Number six. Let's take a listen. Oh, this is uh, Dynamite Decca, which might have been later called Dynamite Cop. So Dynamite Decca was called Die Hard Arcade here? Oh, it was. Uh, Then that's this one. Dynamite Cop is the sequel. That's right. Yes. (laughs) That's Die Hard Arcade. Which one? The first one? Die Hard Arcade? That's Die Hard Arcade. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. (laughs) And you're correct. Well done. (laughs) Yes. Die Hard Arcade, Dynamite Deca. Very good. Good job. You're crushing this. Amazing. I'm telling you. 
Amazing. I'm telling you, I don't forget. I don't forget the game, the game stuff. Because you, you're, least, you're well, not, we'll you're, see. You're not the we'll first see. one to take these kinds of challenges, and not everyone thinks the same way that you do about the the, the music they made. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes people forget, so there's a lot of other thick things on their minds. So yeah, okay, you're doing a great job so far. Tired of listening to the same music on the radio over and over again? Wouldn't it be great if you could have a station that played your favorite Sega music and remixes 24 hours a day, 7 days a week? Luckily, there's Radio Sega, an online radio station dedicated to the best in Sega and Atlas music. And you can request your favorites at any time. Plus, Radio Sega has live shows every single day of the week, including a first-hand preview of the Sega Lounge. You can find the full schedule of shows and listen to the station by going to radiosega.net. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. Let's take a listen okay. to number seven. The real challenge number starts seven. now, or maybe not. <laughs> oh, uh, this is Sonic and Knuckles. This is the Rasta guys. Um, what's his name? Knuckles. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Yes. I, I thought you were joking there. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, Knuckles. This is yes. uh that's Knuckles theme. It is. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had to give him like a I tried to give him like a steel drum kind of island vibe cuz I awesome. saw him and he looked a little bit like the predator but a Sonic character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So, um yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. Very good job. Very good job. So that's number seven, which means there are three tracks left. Let's see what Let's happens. See if you can throw one by me. Let's see. I don't think so. At this point, I, at this yeah. point, I don't think so. Let's let's take a listen to number eight. That's the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that brings back memories. Yeah, underrated, I think. That was the last game that I did for the Genesis. That was when I still lived up in San Francisco. I did that game. And I did that like right after Comic Zone. I had like no time to do it. So I did do all these tracks really fast. But that was a really fun game. It was such a weird game. I don't think it did very well. I don't think many people saw it. But, but I like a I like some of the music I did for it. I remember liking it, and here. Yeah. But it was kind of funny, tongue in cheek music, because mm -hmm. the game. And I remember that game too. I also had I didn't have flatulence, but a burp sound. I remember that was very important <laughs> to me, making sure that there was a big belching kind of thing. Yeah. So. Uh, the this part of the game was uh, this track was from Toxic Dump, so that was you know Toxic Dump, so th there had to be 
farting noises and burps. Right. And so yeah, it fits. It fits. Yeah, I remember, but that was another game. Like I, <laughs> I just couldn't play that game. I was like, what? <laughs> I was trying to control this blob of like I just I had to just like look at a you know I had to walk to another to someone else's office who played it and say, can you play this? Yeah, I knew how to do it because I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> awesome. Okay. The ooze. The oh ooze. man. Yeah. They, now uh, underrated. Yeah, though, I think. Te- uh, yeah. Listen, they're making movies about every other game. Why not make a movie about the? Oh, they did the blob. But <laughs> but the ooze. But because it involved, you know, the story was I there was like a laboratory and this mm-hmm. evil doctor and you know, I mean, come on. In, in in the this day and age with all the environmental concerns, why not make a movie about toxic waste? Sentient toxic waste. Right. Toxic, you know, toxic waste, toxic viruses, you know. Oh, yeah. The whole shebang. For sure. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) Let's go with number nine. Number nine. This is the the best one. Oh, that's Metal Sonic. Yes, we were talking about that. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, amazing! Oh, you you you're crushing this! Awesome, nine for yeah. nine. Let's let's take a listen to the last one, which will probably be very easy as well. Let's see. <laughs> uh, this is the Comic Zone Roadkill CD, the first track on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Into yeah. the zone. <laughs> Very I, good. I, listen, Perfect. Wow. I don't wow. I don't remember all the tracks thinking about them. Like if I'm mm-hmm. thinking about like if I think like, oh, can I remember all the tracks in this game? I don't, but if you play it for me, um, I'll remember it. Um, because I think that I, I always try to give each track kind of a signature melody or a thing about it. That's just the way I write music. I, mm-hmm. I write music in a in a a melody driven way. That's mm-hmm. how I was brought up. Um, and for a lot of film music, I've had to unlearn that a lot. Um, you know, depending on what projects that you work on, people aren't don't always like that. And melodies, you know, obvious melodic music, uh, which we had with films a long time ago, um, is not as prevalent. In, in a lot of stuff and that, that, and so you kind of have to learn to be really minimal mm-hmm. and especially a lot of the stuff you hear which i love you know now i've gotten totally i've come full circle and like gotten really into a lot of this kind of stuff too music can almost be sound effecty um and that stuff a lot of that stuff i wouldn't remember if you played it for me i would be like uh i don't know <laughs> um but uh, the game stuff, I, I think that, you know, in particular from when I was really young, you know, I was really into putting melodies and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that stuff kind of just stuck with me just by its repetitive nature. You know? Yeah, because I, I imagine you would uh, keep listening to the tracks over and over again, right? Even in... Oh, yeah, while you're working Before the sure. game the game was released with, with testers and whatnot and... Right, 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 and you know, and, and uh, uh, a lot of modern film music. To be quite honest, you know, 
a lot of it you're not going to walk out of the theater or uh, you're not going to be going away humming, you know, with the exception mm-hmm. of John Williams and, and a few other guys yeah. who are left doing that kind of thing. Um, a lot of it is, uh, so you know, really just for the purpose of supporting the underlying uh, drama in the film, which really is what it should be. But a long time ago, there was more uh, melodic movement and certainly more thematic. Uh, you know, they, they still managed to do it. But, uh, you know, styles change. And, uh, you know, I, I think that I, I originally came from that kind of school, the Jerry Goldsmith, John Williams kind of school. Those are the guys I really looked up to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've had to learn to kind of go into this other area where, you know, listen, I've done a lot of very forgettable music that my clients were very happy with. It works very well with the scene and I did my job and that's, that's what's important. But would I want to listen to it? No, (laughs) I would just be like, uh, okay, this is boring. Uh, but apart, apart from the film, but with the film, you know, it's, it's just different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that, that's a great segue into, uh, my last few questions. Yeah, uh, which are regarding what you've we've been doing now. So uh, you're not as involved in in gaming music as as before, right? You've been working mostly for films. Yeah. Yes, for films, yeah. and uh, occasionally I'm involved in some other kinds of things, commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not just films, commercials. I've worked on a lot of TV stuff lately too, and some live concert stuff. Yeah. As well, uh, mm-hmm. with some you know, uh, artists like Terrence Blanchard or the Wu-Tang Clan, people like mm-hmm. that. So. Awesome. Uh, it's not that I wouldn't like to do games. It's yeah, just that, that, that I, was I my don't question, get asked actually. to do them anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to do them. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of, when I first, you know, really left the game world, I made a conscious effort to just really focus everything on trying to get work in films and, and stay in that world. And, uh, you know, though I've done a few games, you know, through, through that time on contract, um, for the most part, I think it kind of unfortunately took me out of the game world. Um, and once you're out, it's very difficult to get back in, you know? So, um, because I don't really know the players so much anymore. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but if someone asked me to do a game, I'd love to. Yeah, because uh, nowadays the limitations are almost gone, right? Yes. Not entirely, but almost. Uh, yeah. Many games scores are like film scores in many oh, ways. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. What, one of the questions that actually one of my listeners sent me uh, to ask you was, let's say Comic Zone gets adapted into film. They, they decided to make a movie about Comic Zone, which would be a, a very interesting idea, to be sure. honest. Um, would you be interested in scoring that film? Well, I'd love to. You know, <laughs> the reality of would I be asked to is a whole nother issue. <laughs> um, you know, because Hollywood is not the game industry. You know, Hollywood yeah. is... is a business that's based upon relationships, you know, whoever took Mm -hmm. the project up, 
the director may or may not already have a long-standing relationship with a composer that he or she is very comfortable with. And that's how mm -hmm. the business works. And whether they're well-suited to do a score like that, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's just, you know, who, who, who are the studio and the main players comfortable with using? And uh, a lot of that is dictated by budget and, you know, again, relationships that people mm -hmm. have. So, uh, but yeah, if, if something like that were to happen, if they, if they made a film, I would love to do it. Of course, I would jump at the chance. Okay. But it would just depend on who did it. How, would how would you would approach such a project? Because you said that uh, when you worked on the game, uh, the idea was to piggyback on the, the whole grunge scene at the time, yeah. which is not really a big thing nowadays. Uh, right. How do you think you would approach a comic zone movie? Well, I think that if they tried to, you know, make the movie with the, the original vibe that the game had, uh, I'm not sure the timing's right for that right now, unless you want to do something that's really different and try and, you know, start a resurgence of the whole grunge thing. It might be a case where the vibe of what's popular now, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. he, maybe he is not a he, he is a she. And is more of like a Billie <laughs> Eilish kind of vibe, okay, uh, or or something that's popular now. Not sure how that would work, but you know you could essentially take that same idea and and turn it into kind of what's popular today. Unless mm -hmm. you just wanted to say, "Hey, screw it, we're going to do grunge for better for worse," and maybe people will hear it and go, "Hey, this is really cool." Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. Films, for example, uh, based um, in the 80s are all the rage these days. So, right. I don't know, maybe one set in the 90s would work as well? Well, sure. You know, we I were saying know. earlier in our conversation that, that everything comes back around again. Mm -hmm. uh, just different. Just different. So, I think that doing something with that grunge thing, but reinvented, but in a fresher way, Uh, like today, you know, including some of some of today's vibe would be very cool. Um, but, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, trying to pull that off in a film. Films are hard enough to pull off as it is just making any film, you know, yeah. uh, regardless of film where you have a character being sucked into a comic book world. That, that would be that would be interesting and, and difficult. <laughs> I've always hoped that they would make a sequel to the game, uh, but it never happened. We talked about it a few times, but it never got off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I, I'm not really even sure how that worked because everything, it seems like, there, you know, through all those talks, there was a push to turn everything into 3D. And of I'm not course, sure yeah. why, you know, and Comic Zone, one of the things that made Comic Zone Comic Zone was the 2D-ness of it. You've got Comic Zone panels that you jump into. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how you turn that into 3D and it's interesting. I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not a game designer guy like that. That's a question for people like that. But um I'm not yeah, sure but, how you I, do I that think I think that. it works better as a 2D game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that you, there was a video a long time ago and maybe this would if someone wanted to make a film they would look here. There was a, uh, a first, there was a, a band called 
was it Aha? And they had a song oh, called yeah. Take On Me. Take On Take Me. On yeah, me yeah. Where he goes into a comic book with his girlfriend or something. I don't mm-hmm. I can't remember it, but I just remember that they're in real life on film and then you see them go into this comic book world. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I'm not sure where you you'd go with that with a script and whatever, but that's not what I do, you know. I'm sure someone could figure it out and figure out some way to make it interesting. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe somehow tie it into X-Men because that's <laughs> any or uh, Marvel, anything Marvel. Yeah, that'll make a lot of money. You know, somehow have a, like a new like sketch. Kurt Turner joins the Marvel world or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, yeah. folks. Yeah. Sketch Turner to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> uh, well, he better he better have a special power other than just like sketching. You know, I think to join that universe, you need to have like you need to be able to like destroy buildings with some you know lethal skill. Well, he has a, a rat, so he has a rat. Yeah, well, so... there is that. Maybe he's maybe he's just like the lame younger brother of all the super. They're like, oh yeah, him. <laughs> like they let him go along for the ride and he does like their portraits or something. That, yeah. Million dollar idea right there. Uh, I don't know about uh, million. Uh, <laughs> okay. So what advice, Howard, would you give to uh, an aspiring video game music composer? Obviously, you're not as involved in in the the video game scene uh, as as before. But let's say someone is trying to take their first steps into VGM composing. What would you? What advice do you think would would be useful for them? Well, I, I think that the same advice that uh, portends to video game music uh, is the same advice I'd give, pretty much for any kind of music is it really is who you know. That's what it comes down to. That's how you get your first jobs because you don't have credit. Uh, so you need to get credit by getting a job. Um, and unlike with films where you say you can do music for a student film for free and the, the, the film student may not be too picky who does the music, okay, so you can get your first gigs that way. Video games is a little harder because video games take some budget to produce even on the mobile level. So you need to try and develop relationships with these people. And the way that I did it was through a friend. I got a job at a video game company and I tested games. Did I say that already? Yeah, yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, at Disney, right? Disney Software. Yes. The best way... You know, you, you might want to do that. If you're involved and you, you're a musician that wants to do music for video games, consider getting a job. One of the jobs you can always get is a tester. They always need testers. All you really need is a heartbeat. You don't really need uh, qualifications. You go in there, you play games all day. It sucks. It, it sounds good, but you do it and it's boring. <laughs> Got to play the same damn game over and over and you fill out bug reports. But what it does is you're inside the building, you're inside the offices, and you have an opportunity to get to know people. And some of these people, at least the way the office was set up when I did it, we were away from the people that actually developed the games, but we were under, we weren't that far away. So 
Uh, in my case, I smoked cigarettes back in those days. And I'm not saying to smoke, but that was one of the things that, oh, you're going out for a smoke break. Everybody, you know, even executives who smoke went out for a smoke break. And uh, you start talking to people, you know, hey, man. And that's when you start developing relationships. People get to know that you're not a crazy person and you're nice and you're uh, enterprising. And at a certain point, you feel comfortable enough handing them your demo and maybe even saying, hey, listen, I'll demo something for you for your game. No strings attached. Listen, most people will will give you a shot for free. No strings attached. You don't have to hire me. Just make it clear. I'm not expecting anything, but it's a good even exercise for me to put pressure on myself to do a demo and uh, give it to someone. And they may or may not like it. They may or may not hire you. Um, because they may have someone and don't take it personally because they, again, much like with directors, they may have people that they're comfortable with and it's often the case. And that's why it's so difficult to get in. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that is one of the ways to start. And the other way to start is, uh, through social media. You know, I'm not a big social media guy. If you look at my social media, it's really lame. It's really... <laughs> My wife is huge into it. Her whole business, photography business, is all social media. She thinks I'm a total loser with this stuff. <laughs> but I just don't, I haven't spent time, you know, I've started to a little bit more with the whole coronavirus thing, you know, being like, okay, maybe I'll post something or like people's stuff. So I'm starting to do that more. But my wife really is right. If you put yourself out there and put your music out there and get to know people, you just never know who you're going to meet. She has gotten so many opportunities to work all over the world just by starting a social media account. It's incredible. And putting herself out there and putting her work out there. And uh, that is also one of the things that's just so amazing. The, 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 our ability to put ourselves out there w without a record deal, without you know some company distributing your stuff. You can do it yourself. It's incredible. Even though I'm not taking advantage of it, like I said, I'm just <laughs> being an idiot about it. Um, uh, for young people, it's a fabulous way to to, to self promote. I can't mm -hmm. think of a better way. And yeah. it's really those those two things. You know, one is something you can do yourself with a computer. The other is more of, you know, in a physical way testing which. Actually, you know what? In the age of coronavirus, might be a little different. I, I don't know if testing is going to be farmed out to people just doing it in their homes now versus being in an office. Scenario. Yeah, probably. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that is something to think about now. Mm -hmm. um, then that would, yeah, then that wouldn't put you in the same. Try, stress try to, to get have a way to to get your foot in the door, right? So, right, that's, right, that's because the old do. saying, "Who you, it's who you know." That that is a hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. I, I know so many people, and I won't and I won't name them, who really I won't say so many people. I know some people who just really aren't that good at what they do, but work because they work it. They work who they know, and that really is their main job. They may not be the best musicians or composers, but they're fabulous at self promoting. And man, they hit that shit all day. They spend more time doing that than music. And <laughs> but I'm just telling you, that's that's 
that's a lot of it for a lot of people. Okay. I'm just telling you. You got to know how to live, right? So got to know how to live your <laughs> live your life so that's <laughs> exactly. what works for you. <laughs> exactly. No Knowing a little business you. and how to market uh with your skills I I wish that I knew better. Mm -hmm. Um but I am seeing now, you know, looking back at things and knowing what I know now, it would benefit young composers so much or people who are striving, learn something about this. It's not music, it's boring. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is probably why I never took any time with it, but it's really critical in yeah. knowing how to present yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Great advice, great advice for people listening yeah. in. Okay, so Howard, last yes. question. This is yes. the same last question for every of my, for each of my guests. Okay. Uh, You you probably remember this because you worked so closely with the Genesis. Uh, there was a marketing thing back in the 90s for the Sega Genesis in the US um, called Blast Processing, right? So they said, Sega said that uh, the Genesis had Blast Processing, which made it more powerful than the competition. Blast Processing wasn't really a thing, though. It was just a marketing gimmick. But let's imagine for the sake of this question that it was a real thing and it really makes things more powerful. So if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? To anything in the world? Anything. Oh, gosh. Well, the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind, my mind is a vaccine for coronavirus. Oh, for sure. Uh, and the next thing is cancer. A cure for cancer. And uh, how to feed starving children. I mean, I, I'm not thinking on a musical or a game level. That's just what mm -hmm. comes to my, my mind. Yeah. There uh, are no wrong answers. There are no yeah. right answers either. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but there are no, <laughs> that's a, definitely no that's wrong a, answers. <laughs> where I'm at in the world right now is just about, uh, mm -hmm. you know, helping other people. Yeah, you've been doing some I volunteer really work, right? You, yes. you mentioned that. Yeah, so I volunteer at an aid center, mm -hmm. uh, and I've actually worked there a lot recently uh, since coronavirus hit because a lot of our volunteers were uh, elderly, so they've they've had to stay home. So I've been going in there a lot, and uh, we provide food and and hygiene for uh, people who are in trouble financially. For uh, financially at-risk households, and also for the homeless, and uh, it's for me, it's you know, I, 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 it's it's work that I do that really is significant for me more than anything, far more than anything I've ever done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, music is music, but at the end of the day, when you help people and you um, help make the world, help put a smile on somebody's face or someone's kid. Um, that, that really means the world to me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. on that, uh, very, very inspiring note, we, it's time to say goodbye. So Howard, thank you so much for coming on the Sega lounge. Thank you for uh, having me. Hopefully we can uh, chat again sometime. <laughs> Because oh, I'm sure we could talk about many of these topics and others for a long time. <laughs> oh, been, definitely. It's been definitely. great having you here. 
um, and we'll we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. That's it for this two-part special interview with the man, the legend, Howard Rossen. Definitely one of my favorite interviews and I'd like to thank some of our listeners that sent in some questions for Howard as well. Namely, Jamie64326, Electric Boogaloo, OSC and Eclipse. Thank you very much for your suggestions. And that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be focusing on a community event coming up soon the Race for Good 2020, which is returning for its third year to raise money for charity. Be sure to come back next time for more info on that. And of course, to not only listen to new episodes as soon as they're available, but to listen to previous shows, feel free to subscribe to the Sega Lounge on your favorite podcast app. You can also check out our website, thesegalounge.com, featuring added show notes to the most recent episodes of the show. And let me know if you have any comments or suggestions, including guests you'd like me to interview in the future. You can send any feedback to kc at radiosega.net or tweet at the Sega Lounge. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week. Have fun, be safe, and be sure to come back the next time we open the doors of the Sega Lounge. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opussciencecollective.bandcamp.com Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to kc at radiosega.net Follow us on Twitter at The Sega Lounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.